as the greatest golfers in the world this week get towards the end game I'm sitting in an orange armchair and on my right hand side I have a box of sun-made raisins a book by Stephen Fry called The Ode Less Travelled and a collection of poetry edited by Seamus Heaney and Ted Hughes called The School Bag now the books are generally oh yes yes and I completely finished punnet of strawberries in a piece of plastic packaging transparent and Matt Kuchar is about to hit a shot looks like as if he's got about a hundred and six no looks like he's got about a hundred to go and he's on a track that looks like a dirt track he swung his club he I think is level with and he's made the edge no it's fallen off the edge of the green although I suspect he'll put from there now Jonathan Spieth who he's playing with also from the United States was the outright leader until very recently and Mr. Spieth is having a bad day. Mr. Spieth is somebody who all the golf commentators consider to be intellectually very bright, very planful, in, in other words, intelligent, solid, a man who's learned from a time in the past when he blew up and threw away, as they say in golf, a lead in a competition where he was about three, four or five shots ahead at the Masters in Augusta. Matt Kuchar, very, very good potter. And when Kuchar plays his shot, people go, yeah, the crowds uh, give him a little cheer, taking the, making the coo stand out. Nobody does that to Jonathan Spieth. If you like, Kuchar is warm and cuddly, really is. You, you easily feel like you put your arms around him and give him a good cuddle. Spieth is impressive. You wouldn't really go and give him a cuddle. He's extraordinary, extraordinarily impressive. Now, these guys are going from rough to rough, bunker to bunker, from hole to hole. And they're doing all this in the context of some people in the background who have already finished and some other people who are out on the course. So it isn't just these two people. Somebody else could win this competition. 
Now, in golf, in the majors, it all comes down to the last nine holes. And Rory McIlroy has just hit a long, straight drive. <laughs> Not straight. Into the rough. And that really stops him from having a chance of winning the competition. Cabrera Bello chips from the back of the green. Runs the ball towards the hole. Splendid shot. And he's... Oh, he nearly got it in. So there's drama all over the place on the last nine holes. And that's what I'm doing. I wonder, are you doing anything like this? <clears throat> well, the best Irish golfer is out. He lost the ball. Loads and loads of people around the place couldn't find his ball. Oh, my goodness me. I was going to tell you about McElroy, but I have to interrupt and tell you that Mr. Speeth, Mr. Jonathan Speeth, who must be as nervous as a kitten, contrary to my expectations, I thought he'd be ice cool, but he's just hooked a ball into the crowd. So instead of hitting it straight, he pulled it over to the left-hand side. Oh, dear. Look, in golf, one of the things that the professionals have a huge advantage over, the top professionals, over the rest of us, is that they have loads of people to look for their balls. Now, imagine if you couldn't lose your ball, what you could do hitting a golf stroke. I mean, how firmly you could get into the ball if you couldn't lose it. I mean, it's a bit like having a laser device strapped to your ball because you have all these people running around the place and there's even a good chance you'll hit one of them. And if you hit one of them, well, it'd be pretty obvious where the ball is going to be. But yes, so McElroy has done the almost impossible thing for which he'll get no credit, and he certainly won't be thanked by his caddy, who will have lost an awful lot of money. Here we are. Hold on. This is McElroy in a bunker. It's a good shot. He might well get away with a six. You've got to think, really, his chances of winning are pretty slim now. He's uh, losing that ball on the 15th. He needed really to birdie that uh, 15th hole. So that means that instead of getting a 6, you'll probably get now, a birdie was a 4. By the way, if you're interested in, in birds, a 4 is a birdie. A 3 would have been an eagle. And the almost impossible for any human golfer to do a two would have been an albatross, an albatross. To the best of my knowledge, it's only been achieved once in the whole history of major majors in golf over the years.
and uh, I think it was achieved at the 15th hole in Augusta. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Hold on now, here comes Mr. Spieth's shot. Pretty good, pretty good. From my point of view, he's a magician, right? He's capable of, of taking the... Oh, I take back that word, right. I'm trying to get it out of my, um, my system. Anyway, here's Rory McIlroy, hopefully tapping in his six. Yeah, there we are, there we are. Now back here to the golf game. This is swinging this way and that. And the television cameras are on them. They can hardly breathe. And But this is what it's like when you get down to it. You're sitting in the armchair. You're glued. You're so attracted to what's going on on the television that you haven't... You can't even allow yourself to be distracted to go to the fridge and get a bottle of that Polish lager which you bought in the supermarket earlier today. Because you want to see, will Matt Kuchar sink this pot? Oh my goodness, he nearly did. Okay, I've got the sound turned down on the television. Sometimes I find it even more exciting without the sound turned up. I can kind of generate my own excitement. Oh, when I was a kid I used to imagine I'd be playing instead of them one day. Donald Trump plays golf, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he plays golf frequently. He may even play more golf than Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton had a very special way of playing golf that people tell jokes about. But what you can do in golf, I'm thinking of as I sit here and Matt Kuchar is eight under and so is Jonathan Spieth. And I think they've played about 12 holes. Anyway, what you can do in golf is you can sack your caddy. Yes, you can part company with your caddy and you can even agree that neither of you will say anything nasty about the other as part of the dissolution of the relationship. Now, as I said, Mr. Trump plays golf. You can get into a lot of rough in golf. You can be buried in a bunker. You can be surrounded by a load of hazards and you can get a new caddy. Hold on a second now. Here, come here, come here. Listen to this. Listen to this. Spang. Excuse me, that's the uh, lager. Jonathan Speed has sliced. That means the ball goes out to the right-hand side. And look at him, puts his hands on his head like that. Never seen him do that before. It's a long, long way right, as he said. It's got to be 80 yards right at the fairway. 80 yards right at the fairway. 
Well, almost into no man's land. I told you. Golf was drama. No, politics is drama. In the world of politics, you can go to bed one night and wake up in the morning and find that your mind has decided that you need to completely change the people around you because you can't trust them to do the right thing anymore. And that's what Jonathan Speed is experiencing right now. He cannot trust himself to hit the ball straight. So he's having to be very good at recovery from places that he probably never imagined he would find himself in. Now, some of you probably know more than me about how Donald Trump copes when he's on the golf course, when he's in the rough, or when he hits the ball out beyond the crowd, out into no man's land. Now, when I'm referring to no man's land, I'm not referring to any particular group of states in the United States. I have to make that very clear. Places that are sparsely populated or are populated by people who live a long way away from each other. I'm not referring to that. But what I am referring to is the fact that at the moment we don't know where Jonathan Speet's ball is and we don't know how President Trump is going to do with his new caddy. You see, some caddies have the job of taking the the pin, as it's called, out of the hole. I'm not talking about grenade now, right? They take the flag out of the hole so that the golfer can decide which line to hit the ball, what line to take, which what speed to move at, those kind of things. And other caddies get into a collaborative situation where they even advise the golfer, hit it left, and the golfer thinks, I want to hit it right, but they persuade the golfer to hit it left. Oh my goodness, somebody's done brilliantly, somebody's done brilliantly. This happens very, very occasionally. Somebody's come out of one of these pot bunkers. Wow, we. He's not going to hang around. He can't get up his flag. When you With the wind, look at your the newspapers tomorrow and you see a photograph of what's happening in the open, it's entirely possible that you're going to see a picture of a man trying to hit the ball up a hill that most of you couldn't possibly climb while the other guy is sitting pretty on the green. Now he's 120 yards offline. That's what they've just said. i got to take you back to the drama. This is almost historic. Well, Spieth would have got a good view of that shot from up the top of that dune. If you can get it back into play here and avoid those bunkers, but hit it in that rough from the left-hand side there, approaching that scoreboard, that's going to give him the angle. 
he may be able to salvage power from. There's marram grass on the side of the sand dune. It's like in Ireland, La Hinch, Ballybunion, Waterville, Tralee. These places are all in the southwest of Ireland. They're all Lynx golf courses. It, I'm always utterly astonished that um, North Americans are able to play golf on Lynx golf courses. It, it shocks me always that they're so good at it because there's so few Lynx golf courses, go, Lynx golf courses in, in North America. Hardly any at all. So, what's going to happen next? Well, I can't possibly tell you. But this is... Oh, this is like somebody trying to push a stone up a hill and the stone will come rolling back. This could be an even bigger disaster, an even more dramatic disaster than the disaster which will probably not often be forgotten in modern golf, which was Jonathan Speed oh, hitting water into hitting water into balls, hitting balls into water in Augusta. Here we go, guys. Listen up. He's managed to get up that bank yet? No, I have not, but um, I've got close enough to know what's going on. He's asking for a line of sight, and I can imagine it's only for the, for the cables. So, okay, I'm, I'm hearing as well that he's thinking about taking an unplayable. Now, where does he take this to? So an unplayable lie, he can go back as far as he likes. In line with the flag. It's um, a long way back. It's I've never seen a tee shot like this in professional golf. Actually, I can say that. I've never seen a wide like this off a tee. It is so far right. We know that Jordan, with that weak left-hand grip, sometimes he does block it right and it doesn't slice. It's just a flat block. But this is off the charts. This is where the... This is where the elephants do go to die. This is where the elephants do go to die. Oh my goodness, I reckon. Well, I, I, all I can say is I'm speechless. I'm speechless. He's picking the ball up, is he? He's waving, he's looking at his finger. He's certainly creating some drama. There'll be people with their camera. There's a man taking a photograph I thought photographs were banned. No, they're not. At the British Open, you can and take photographs of what's Street. going on. We've got a rules official with us, Ian Patterson. And Ian, what exactly is Ian? Golf is full of rules, right? Okay. Um, Boxy, I think he's taking an unplayable drop for one penalty stroke. He can obviously drop it within two club lengths or go as far back as he can keeping the place where the ball was, the flagstick, and where he's going to drop it in line. I think one of the issues here is he's interested in the area where he's going to drop it, and whether there's something there that may be movable, like some of these trucks, perhaps. There are trucks in his way. Oh, look, I want to keep this going, so I'm going to pause the recording. Oh, it's impossible to wait until the end. This is the biggest drama in modern golf. Certainly in my lifetime. Wow. Like the trucks. Give away 
somewhere trying to get some semblance of approximate yardage from there to the green. This is Paul McGinley well commentating. He uh, was the captain of the uh, British and Irish Ryder Cup, oh, and European Ryder Cup team. Oh, by the way, just a trivial matter, but Rory McIlroy has taken his yellow, orangey-yellow top off. No, he's covered it with a rain thing and just hit an absolutely extraordinarily magnificent shot. But this is all small beer. What is happening on the other side? Even if you don't like golf, even if the thing is of no interest, this is a human being, a single individual and his assistant. I suppose you could you know, compare him with various other leaders in the world. But an individual and his assistant, faced with decisions, and they're not allowed to take advice from anybody else at all. And this is about as big a decision as they could have to consider. There are rules, limitations, regulations everywhere. There are rules, officials here. There are loads and loads of people carrying video cameras there, all over the place. Now, this could happen in other sports. I mean, this is worse, if you like, or harder than a penalty shootout. Imagine a penalty shootout where the teams are locked on, let's say, eight goals each, and you come up and you, you're, you're going to take the penalty. Oh. There are men in blue jackets pointing fingers. And the rules of golf are complex. And there's a conversation going on. They're in between trucks now. Let's figure out which is closer, right? Well, if anyone's going to get it right, it'll be John Farrell. What drama, Richard? It isn't just me, you know, getting my knickers in twist. It's the whole world of British golf. The officials from British golf. Oh my goodness, he's going to drop a ball in between, practically in between two lorries. Uh, forgive me. I am apoplectic at what's going on. I I have got a beer here now from Poland, made with Polish hops. A, a company that was founded, or a beer that was founded in 1629. There's McElroy into the hole. Good man, Rory, but that's beside the point. On the 15th, thought he was gone. Oh, he got an eagle. Eagle 17, and if he converted the last hole... Oh, that's very good. You can get in there with... That's very leg. good. Look, I, I have to now pause. This uh, whole uh, palaver, exciting as it is, is going to probably take 
best part of a half an hour from beginning to end. And it would be much too tedious for you if I described exactly what was going on. But just imagine the other player who's playing with Jonathan Spieth, Matt Kuchar. Now he's now in a zone. He's down there practicing meditation or yoga or anything to kind of keep himself from being distracted. He's nowhere near this drama. For all I know, he may be reading a book I have, the, the, the Zen of Golf, but he certainly needs to just breathe deeply, Matt Kuchar. This is it, Jonathan Speed playing his third, third shot. Oh, he's disgusted with it. Where's he gone? Those of you who've listened to the earlier reports from the golf and who know nothing at all about golf and who just maybe are interested in the excitement or for something or other. Anyway, those of you who don't know much about golf would probably think, well, that guy, Mr. Spieth, Jonathan Spieth, after all that trouble he had, all that drama, well, that's probably finished him off. The other guy who was in the zone, doing his zen, doing his meditation, mindfully walking around the green for 20 minutes while the other guy was in the proverbials. It's obvious that Matt Kuchar is going to win, yeah? Now, wait till you hear what is possible. Some of you will have read the papers already by the time you listen to this and you'll have, you'll have been already tuned in, watching it on TV and all that. But the, the man Spieth, who got in the most difficult position any golfer has ever been in in any competition, we'll say, he got out of that hole, he got away with only losing one shot. Now, he could easily have lost three. And there's a world of a difference between one shot and three shots. It mightn't sound very much, but in terms of golf, it's, you know, winning and losing. So fair enough, they go to the next hole and Spieth has fallen behind. First time in two days or something like that that he's fallen behind. And then he gets two birdies in a row. Two birdies, two little tweet tweets. You know, two under par. The other guy gets two pars. So, there's a... Speed is now ahead. But the astonishing thing is that instead of getting demoralized, instead of saying, woe is me, instead of blaming the caddy and saying, it's all your fault that I hit the ball out to the right, or that some member of the public coughed at the wrong time, or somebody, you know, clicked their fingers or snapped their teeth instead of all that no no not at all this young man i say he's young because he's about 24 or something like that he carries on and he hits practically the best shot he gets almost a hole in one now he was trying for a hole in one and he missed you could say but he nearly gets a hole in one 
And then he comes back and he sinks a huge long putt for something else. I think that's what he did at the next hole. So we're into the last three holes. Uh, it's gobsmacking stuff. Gobsmacking stuff. Hang on for more. Jonathan Speed putting on the 16th. About a 20 footer. And he has, yes, he has Jordan Speed. You are something, my man. I think when the history of golf is written, which will be tomorrow, the, the people will fall over themselves trying to find words to describe what happened from the time that Jonathan Spieth hit a shot worse than any 18 handicap golfer would have done and where he is now after the 16th hole. He has just, for the second time in a row, hit a ball into the hole, across the green, maybe from at least here to the other side of my kitchen, from the orange armchair to the other side of the kitchen, he has hit the ball into the hole. I mean, even I couldn't do that. If if I had bumpers on either side, like a child would have on a 10-pin bowling alley, I don't think I could do that. I mean, this is beyond uh, words. Uh, wah, 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 ah. I mean, I... I don't know what Bobby Coons is doing. Bobby Coons is also enthusiastic about golf. But if Bobby Coons isn't uh, apoplectic like me, I'm, you know, whenever I get around to playing golf with him, I'll just simply regard him as much too cool for playing golf in the west of Ireland. But my goodness me, what? Uh, now we're down to the last two holes, right? We're down to the last two holes, and you know the thing, golf, you, can, you can't predict who's going to win. Well, you can predict. There's no difficulty predicting. But being right, well, there's the other thing. So I guess I have to hang on here. I think it's time I'm going to have to get another beer, though, because um, I've got to have something to celebrate. You know, they're such different personalities they're both so attractive in their own way. Here, we'll just watch Speed. He's got his driver, and he's trying to hit the ball down the par 5, 17th. He's hit it. It's gone straight as a die. It's gone slightly into the rough. Oh, he hasn't gone into a... No, I'm wrong again. I'm wrong again. My eyesight, forgive me. He's gone into the rough. He's in trouble. The drama isn't over yet, folks. Kuchar can make it back into the fight. Yes, Spieth has pushed it again out to the right. We don't know what kind of a lie he has. Oh, 
This is getting uh, fiercer and fiercer. It's a bit like the cooch is the good guy. He's just playing normal, wouldn't give your grandmother a bit of fibrillating heart, nothing at all, everything's calm and gentle. And the other guy is getting us to hold our, our hearts in our mouth or whatever it is. Cooch is just the nicest man, we'd have no excitement, we just have the slow elaboration of whatever it is the universe wants us to have. And here is Cooch swinging back and down and straight. And is he in trouble? Yes, he is. Oh, my God. Hey, you know, if you forget about the fact that golf is all about, you know, hitting a ball around a field, trying to get it into a hole, there's plenty of drama in this. It's every bit as dramatic as curling, and, and a lot more dramatic than curling sometimes. Sometimes I feel I'm the Gary Vaynerchuk of golf commentary. I see drama in every, every blade of grass, the leaves of grass under Matt Cooper, Cooper, Coocher, the coo, bit like a cuckoo, cuckoocher. Anyway, the leaves of grass under him and the bits of heather that are growing on the side of this uh, hill at, in Royal Burkdale, not far from where the Beatles, um, the Beatles got famous. Jerry and the Pacemakers, not far from all of the, the, the Liverpool sound. Kuchar has to come out of this grass onto a green which is too far away for him to hit. Now he's going to play what they call a lofted club. That's a thing that's got a big angle on it. And he's going to hit the ball down the fairway. He's going to chip onto the green and he's going to hope to get down in one pot and get a birdie, which is what he needs. Wait till I tell you what Speed has to do. Hang on a second. Here comes the cooch. He's uh, shuffling back and forth, bent knees, takes a club away, gives it a whack, slips on the ground, hits it, in, hits, oh, he nearly hits some person on the head. Anyway, he's got it into a good position. Right, as I said, as I predicted, golf is not a totally predictable game. He's on the grass, called the fairway, short of the green. Now here comes Spieth. Much better position, big whick, whack, whick, whack, bang goes the ball, perfect shot. Ah, there's not much in it, right. So we're down to the wire, we're into the last, you know, this is inside the last furlong. These two stallions are, are going for the finishing post. And you know what? I'll bet you anything, I'll bet you anything that Bobby Kuntz did not put any money. Bobby Kuntz probably doesn't do any betting. But I'll bet you that over there in San Diego, he hasn't got his money on anybody. But he secretly knows, he secretly knew all along that it would be Jonathan Spieth 
Oh my goodness, is that Wayne Rooney, English soccer player? There, somebody looking like him anyway. What? Unfortunately, way too many for of his, of his older team. I shouldn't say who. Was. I have no idea who they were. Anyway, the other people are all kind of beside the point. I mean, they're real people. They've got, you know, family. They've got friends. They've got caddies who have to be paid and all that. But they're the sideshow, right? Let's hang on for the main contenders. Oh, God, if I was a caddy, I'd be on 10%, you see. And there's an awful lot of money at stake in this. Although I just, I've heard of caddies driving Ferraris. So I think that if you get yourself on the bag, that's what they call it, on the bag of one of these two guys, you're going to do all right. But this may well be your pension that, that's hanging on this, on this hole or two. Now, I don't mind telling you, I'd be scared of what Kutcher has to do. But then again, I haven't practiced as much as him. He's clipped the ball forward. It's in the air. Oh, my goodness, what a shot. Well, it was a, just a brilliant, brilliant shot. It's run about 15 feet past the hole, you know, and he was trying to sink it. Now, let's see what the other guy can do. Uh, the young chap. Oh, by the way, I misled you. I told you this was the 17th hole they were playing. It isn't the 17th hole, it's the 71st hole that they're playing. 71st hole. There's a 10 mile an hour breeze coming from the southwest. This guy is in the lead and he's wearing a white hat, a blue top, grey slacks, white shoes. Will he sink it? Oh, God, who knows? Even the dog is glued to the television, slobbering all over the couch as Kuchar's putt comes down the hill, and he's got it! He's got it! We have a match! Oh, now look, there have been putts and putts and putts. By the way, a putts is where you, with a piece of metal, you hit the ball along a something like a carpet that might have undulations on it but that to keep himself in the match is pretty remarkable the best thing that could possibly happen for all of us who have got any chance of a heart attack is for speed to sink this then we would calmly go to the 18th hole knowing that speed had won if speed doesn't sink this we're all at risk, guys. We're all at risk. He got it. We're safe. We're safe. Life is more important than golf. However metaphorical golf might be. You know, the real tangible, nitty-gritty necessity to have low blood pressure not to go off the off the rocket this is four just beyond belief anyway I all I can say is that am I glad that I'm no longer at risk
am I glad that I probably now don't have to go for any procedure other than rest and calm and take it easy and turn on somebody relaxing like, I don't know, Greg Dixon or even Bobby Kuntz or Debbie Debbie Bridge at times she or find somebody to calm me down because this is like a Gary Vaynerchuk moment when you're just about to open the bottle and you've got everybody hanging on this is this going to be the you know five star six star seven star okay guys I'm going to play you the television commentary because it's more rooted and more measured than me. You bunker down the left, which has been in play, kind of work unless you bail right out. It's quite a setting down there. You see all the, the marshals, the volunteers, the green staff. From he was all ready to hit. And he took his club and his went over to his caddy and he wiped his hands on a towel. Yeah, this is a really good club. It's a little hybrid driving iron, whatever you want to call it. I think just that'll... Thread it between the first bunker, which is only about 220 off the tee. Don't even worry about that. That'll, that'll be called perfection. He's playing it back into a, an area that's probably the size of about a football pitch. Now, what will the man who's behind do? He's going to have to get the ball into the hole in two shots. Now, this has been done before. But under these circumstances, can he get it in in two? Coach is swinging. It's too far for a one. That's a good, solid, long shot. Give yourself a chance, man. Yeah, the ball is sitting up. Okay, it's in the rough. But there is still a chance for the greatest upset in the history of the game of golf when Matt Kuchar hits this ball into the hole. Okay, let's do some cliches. Expect the unexpected. Trust your swing. The, 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 the gods are on your side. The universe will determine who wins. There is no such thing as free will. Give me another cliche. Come on, come on, come on. Um, I'm going to let my clubs do the talking. Um, I'm, I've, I've been playing under par today. Okay, there's going to be a very special one recording the end of the 72nd hole. When you're walking up to your goal, towards your goal, when all of your previous steps have linked together in a surprising way, but they have come together. From the first hole, where you hit your first shot, and then went to the second shot, and third shot, and you accumulated a total number of let us say 270 shots later 
and you're 220 yards from the hole and you're in a white hat and you've got a white glove on and you're talking to yourself and your caddy who has a beard is beside you and the caddy has your name on the back and has a bit of paper which tells you how far it is from here to the green and everything hangs in the balance. And he's playing a tightless one golf ball. 360 dimples. He's hit the shot. It's gone up in the air. He smacked his lips. He's on the green. He's done exactly, exactly what any prudent person would do in his situation. He has achieved his objective. He only has to go and convert that into success. Now here, if this went in, it would be a miracle. This would be the greatest shot in the history of the game of golf probably ever, even greater than the albatross that Gene Saracen, I think it was, scored. Listen. Come on, coach. Come on, coach. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. Instead of going in to the coal into the coal, into the hole, he's hit it into the bunker. Well, that was very generous of him. He has now given Jonathan Speed the trophy. And he hasn't, he's let him have his day of glory. He tried his best. And I think we should pay a special vote of thanks to the loser, the man who pushed him every step of the way, who put all of his effort into it, but who ultimately made way for the younger man, for the man who's more likely to remem be remembered when the history of golf, from Arnold Palmer through Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, perhaps. Nick Faldo. Tiger Woods. Yeah, I'll stop. I'm only giving names, and maybe you've never heard of any of those people, and maybe you're only, you're only listening here to see what a what kind of a fool I could make myself, I could make of myself. Anyway, we are waiting for Godot to lift the trophy. Yeah, Golden Stern and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are playing their final shots and the engraver is preparing the trophy to be awarded to Mr. Spieth, whose parents must be so proud of him, 
and look, all I can do is turn on the TV in a minute. And it's a royal performance at Birkdale. Jordan Spieth is 